This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Keeping It 300 with Fallon Smith and James Jones. James, say hello. What's going down? (laughs) Back-to-back days or back-to-back weeks with a mic, so I appreciate you, Jay, getting it together. It's pretty awesome. Try to do what I can do when I can do it. (laughs) Well, we are super pumped about our guest this week. We have a ton of listeners who are Raiders fans and Packers fans, so I know you guys are going to be excited about this one. Please welcome into Keeping It 300 a guy who always... Keeps it real and has kept it real, especially with the media during his playing days. Former Heisman Trophy winner, nine-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, future first ballot Hall of Famer, one of my favorite players growing up, by the way, the GOAT, the one and only Charles Woodson. What's up, Charles? Ooh, that's an intro right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was just, I was just about to cut her off and say, man, cut all that out. It's too much. I'm showing, gotta show you love. See, we gotta show you love, man. That's an intro. Yeah, man. What's up, my dude? Appreciate that, man. Nothing, man. I'm uh, excited to join you guys, man. And what is keeping it 300? Is that another level to keep it at 100? Well, go oh, ahead, James. You want to explain? Qu- you want to explain, James? Go that's ahead. That's a good question, right there, Wood. No, so you know, obviously, you know, me and Fallon went to high school together. We both wore the number three. You know what I'm saying? So you know, we kind of just put uh, our brains. We kind of put our brains together, man, you know, and kind of, you know, brought it back to the high school days, man. And we, you know, named it Keeping the Tree Hunter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I got you. Okay. You got, got, a little, got a little history there, man. Y'all yeah, take it way man. Back. Yes, way, way back. So it's basically keeping it 100 times three is basically what it is. <laughs> but as, as you may know, as, as uh, James just said, obviously, uh, we grew up together and we also grew up Charles Woodson fans. So, if I'm going to keep it all the way 300, I'm going to speak for myself first, and then, Jays, maybe you can uh, chime in a little bit afterwards. <laughs> but just so you know, Seawood, I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, while I was moving up in the business, you know, I've interviewed hundreds of athletes, big-time athletes, legends, Hall of Famers, uh, even your boy, Pay Manning, <laughs> when I worked uh, in Tennessee, and I never, ever, ever got starstruck, ever. Okay. And I told myself, you know, they're just regular people who happen to play sports, right? No big deal. But then I got the job at Embassy Sports Bay Area and I was covering the Raiders, you know, a team I grew up cheering for. I was a diehard Raider fan growing up and you were on the team and I ain't gonna lie. Okay. (laughs) Every single time that that we spoke and that we were in the scrum interviews, I kept telling myself, don't ask a stupid question, all right? You don't want Charles Woodson (laughs) to think that you're just this dumb reporter. I got nervous literally every single time. It took me like a year, maybe even two years, 
uh, to get over that. Why, why, why is that though? I mean, because you were my favorite player growing up. See what? Oh, I mean, gotcha. you, not okay. to date you at, not to date you at all. <laughs> You're about like seven years, maybe like six, seven years older than the me and James, but still, you know, you were. Oh, that's still he's still a young man. Yeah, he's still a young man. Yeah, I'm but still, still. still a young man. Thanks for trying. To, I didn't even have to say it. I was you know what I'm saying? Still, yeah, man, still young and over here, man. But in, but in '98, when you got drafted, it was my first year in high school. So obviously, I was like a huge C. Wood fan. Um, anyways, and I would get nervous, etc. But do you remember? In 2015, it was your final year, and this is why, I, I don't know, I'm kind of embarrassed, but at training camp, this is the year that James, sorry, James, to bring this up, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, the year after James got released, and I remember training camp, after practice, I stopped you and basically, basically name-dropped James to get a conversation going. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I don't dang. Remember. See, I'm just little old family. Remember I was talking about how, like, oh, yeah, James, how he's doing, and then, like, how I won an Emmy because I told James' story about homelessness to Super Bowl champion, et cetera. Dang, you don't remember that conversation. So, basically, see, Wood just said he don't care nothing about James, so I don't even know why you dropped his name. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, you know what? You, hey, I, I figure, you know what? You're a reporter, man. You got something to ask me, man. Just ask me. You didn't have to name drop. No, you, I wasn't. You didn't have to name drop my man. My man uh, you know what I'm saying? No, I didn't even have a camera. I just came up to you to kind of like start a conversation, shoot the ish with you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. I got you. Yeah. All right. You don't remember. It's cool. You don't remember little Fallon Smith. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember. I, I don't remember, man. Hey, at least you're keeping it 300, <laughs> though. You keep it. <laughs> keep, it th- keep it 300, man. That's, that's the name it. of the show. All right, that's it. But now I say it's whatever. you the homie now, so you you just another person who happens to be an athlete. It's oh. all good. No more nervousness for me. See, not, see I, I, I went from you being nervous to talk to me. Now I'm just another guy now. Yeah, that's basically. Basically, now that you try okay. to play me right now, you didn't remember. It's cool. <laughs> but, Jay. Remember I had this conversation with you and told you how every single time I interviewed C. Wood that I was nervous and then you laughed and said, trust me, I've been there before my rookie year at the Packers. Yeah, you know, when I first got to the Pack, you know what I mean? I'm coming from college, small college, you know what I'm saying? And I get there and then, you know, next thing I know, C. Wood lined up across from me. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> you know I mean? I, I think, I'm thinking to myself, all right, man, bring out all the tricks you done learned, man, so you could go to work on this boy, man, let him know you could play you know what I'm saying but no I tell everybody I felt like when I first got to uh when I was a rookie and I first got to camp and the first time you lined up for me you was off coverage about eight yards <laughs> and I and yeah. I promise you know me JJ four five I promise you I came <laughs> off boom about four four and I'm like oh yeah I got <laughs> I'm like oh I'm like oh yeah I got him you know what I'm saying and you didn't back up none and I thought I ran the best curl around in my life you broke on that thing and broke it up and I'm like man I came home and I'm telling my people I'm about to get cut man because. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the one thing I remember about you, James, that you always used to say, man, I run a 4-6, and I run a 4-6 all the time. Hey, that's it. <laughs> hey, fresh out the bed. That's all I used to say. Well, fresh out the bed. That's what you're going to get from me, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because, um, you know, as me and, uh, you know, James got to know each other, you know, we, we talked about him and him watching me when I was with the Raiders, and the funny story he told me is about, how he, him and his boys thought I was soft because I was missing time because of my turf toe. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that. 
Hey, that's keeping it 300. He used to be out there talking bad about me, man. Talking hey, straight. See what's so, man. It's a time because of a turf toe. Hey, I did tell you that, but that was straight up. I'm like, man, we was all like, man, this boy need to be out there playing, man. He need a little turf toe, man. <laughs> Have you ever got yeah. turf toe, James? You okay. know that actually ain't no I, joke. Hey, hey, listen, trust me. I got turf toe, and hey, much respect. They already know it. <laughs> Can't plant, yeah, can't no push joke. on it. Oh my goodness, it ain't no joke. But anyways, talking oh, to that since so beside, I got a question. Besides me, who is the best receiver? <laughs> besides you, <laughs> you don't ever went up against. You know, <laughs> since we got you on the two, I ain't never really sat out and talked to you about that type of stuff. So since we got you on the podcast, who the best receiver besides myself? You don't ever lined up against. Uh, all time, I, the hardest uh, receiver that I've faced was Marvin Harrison. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, Marvin. Marvin was really to me. He was a, he was a total package man. He was fast. He was quick. He ran good routes. He had good hands. And you know, each each time we played him, you know, early in my career, we would play him in Indy. So then we had to go down there and play on that turf. Um, and then not only that, you know, he had Peyton Manning throwing to him. <laughs> uh, so you know, you had all of those things, you know, working in their favor. And so. You know, for me as a as a young player going out there and playing against a guy, you know, at that caliber, um, you know, he he had it all. You know, so it, it was it was one of those those uh, those games you go into where you know, man, you gotta, I mean, you gotta be on your your best because uh, dude, you know, he could embarrass you. Hey, and you know what's so funny? So you're talking about Peyton Manning, and um, I worked actually my second job in the business was in Knoxville, and when you won. The Heisman over Peyton Manning. Obviously, I'm sure you know how Tennessee fans are. They're freaking crazy. And it is 2019, and I'm telling you, people still talk about it, Charles. Do you still get it? Oh, oh yeah, all the all the time, man. I mean, you should have, you should have, you know, back in the day, you had, uh, you know, in your dorm rooms, you had voicemail, and uh, you know, people could call your room and leave voicemail messages. Man, I had messages from Tennessee fans on my voicemail, like college. <laughs> You know, mm. and that went down, you know, and uh, like you said, even today, even today, I, I mean, I get into little, you know, uh, Twitter, Twitter battles with, with Tennessee <laughs> fans over, over uh, the whole thing. So they, no, they, they haven't, they haven't let it go, man. Uh, yeah, it still goes on, still fresh in their minds for sure. That's crazy. Dang, that is crazy, man. The Tennessee fans calling the phone, man. Yeah, I'd have had a conversation with them. <laughs> calling you, call you direct. That's too funny. But but speaking of, you know, uh, the greatest of all time, you know, obviously there's no doubt that you're going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, in my eyes, you're the greatest defensive back of all time. Maybe I'm biased. Damn, appreciate it. Yeah, even though I'm like nobody to you, but it's cool. But anyway, uh, when it comes to uh, the GOAT topic, do you like those conversations, embrace those conversations, or do you hate them and kind of brush them to the side? No, I, I embrace it, you know, because it's it's um I feel like what I put into the game is is, you know, those conversations is, is what I'm getting out of the game. Yeah. You know, I, I I try to play, you know, each and every snap like it was the last one. I try to leave it all on the field and uh, you know, I try to, you know, get better, you know, um you know, each and every year in the game. And, you know, I have the, the longevity, you know, that, you know, you can, you know, you're, you're, you're involved in those conversations, you know, the longer you play and the longer you can do it at a high level. So, you know, I definitely don't shy away from it, even though I know there's a lot of uh, great players that have played this game throughout the years. And, 
you know, much respect to all of them. I mean, I've, I've had my favorites as well. Um, but, yeah, if, if, if somebody ever says that, man, I, I don't shy away from that, man, because I, I worked, I worked, you know, for those type of labels in this game. But do you believe you are the greatest defensive back of all time? How about that? How about this? I won't argue <laughs> with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fallon, all, all football players think they're the best. You know what I'm saying? If clearly. you don't think that, you know what I'm saying? You don't think that you're in the wrong game. Because clearly you but think it, you're the best wide receiver, but that's cool. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. You know, I, I'm always going to think that to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. Hey, I'll, st- I'll still put my cleats on with somebody right now if they get to argue too right, long. Right now. Right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Already go, but anyways, Wood. So hey, let's go to these Raiders, man. Speaking, we both play yeah. for the Raiders. Obviously, you play for a lot longer, man. Talk to me, man, because I ain't talked to you even since Gruden got the job, man. But let's just talk about like the draft, the free agency. What you what you think Gruden gonna bring over there this season? Well, you know, I'm excited for the Raiders, man. I thought they I thought they had a, a good draft, you know, especially you know coming off the coming off of the season they had where you trade away Khalil Mack you trade away Amari Cooper you mm-hmm. know two two guys that uh Raider Nation you know was you know really had a lot of respect for and and, and loved seeing those guys you know in the Coliseum each and every week they were out there so um you know they 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 had to have you know a good draft coming off of that so I thought they filled some needs. You know, you needed edge rushers. You know, you needed, uh, you know, had to get a, another uh, corner, um, you know, because of all the passing. I mean, you, you can't have enough corners, you know, nowadays, you know, another safety. And then, uh, you know, some other players along the line uh, where I thought they did a great job. Uh, but I also think that, you know, for the first pick for uh, uh, Cleveland Farrell, I think to me, you know, this, this, the pressure is on him as a player being that he was a fourth overall pick. He's going to be compared throughout his career to the guy who basically you would say he's replacing. Mm -hmm. And that's a guy who's been a defensive player of the year. And last year he came in in the first game of the season, he had a sack fumble, a a interception return for a touchdown. I mean, all around juggernaut in the game, you know? Yeah. And then after that, there was a guy who was, you know, in many uh, uh, people's camps regarded another guy as being the best rusher in in Josh Allen, uh, who who I believe went to uh, Jacksonville. I mean, he's going to be compared to him, him as well. So Mm -hmm. if you see those other guys, you know, getting double digit sacks and, and then he ends up being like a, four or five or six sacks sack guy, he's not going to measure up, you know? So I feel like all of, all of the pressure, you know, of the draft falls on him. And I, I just hope he's uh, ready for it. Well, with that said, and with the cap space and the draft capital that the Raiders did get from the trades of Mack and, and Cooper in the end, do you think those decisions will pay off? Are you confident it will pay off or are you just like, who no, so we will wait and see. Uh, the Raiders might regret this. What do you think? Well, well, it is a wait and see. I think anytime you 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 give up a player like you know Khalil, I mean, just think about this. They gave up Khalil last year, and then it seemed like Chicago was on every prime time game mm-hmm. all year. So you had to watch you had to watch that guy mm-hmm. um, and, and and see what you had in your locker room and what you let get out of there. But in return, you know, uh, of trading a, a Khalil and Amari, you know, you you end up with three first round picks, um, and then you have plenty of picks throughout the drafts, and then next year you have um, another uh, couple of first round picks. So, mm-hmm. in 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 the long run, I mean, it could actually be great for the Raiders, and then it could they could be in a position where you know people kind of you know forget about that and appreciate what Gruden did, but. 
only time will tell in this situation because guys have to develop into what you want them to be. I mean, these young guys are going to come in, and a lot of them are going to play right away. Uh, but it's still, you still got to have the experience of playing in the NFL. You got to be in the arena, you know, to really truly understand what the game is, and then you can get better, you know, as a team. So if they continue to uh, draft. You know, good young players that they can they can stick around and, and develop a, a nucleus for that team, um, and then develop their identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? It, it, it'll be it'll be great, and people like I say, people look back at it as one of the best decisions you know the Oakland Raiders made. Obviously, Raider Nation hopes that's the direction that it's going in for sure. Uh, well, you got a chance though to announce the Raiders' second round draft pick, and you paid homage to the great Willie Brown. Um, what was that experience like, and were you nervous? Because you did a hell of a job, by the way. <laughs> no, you know what, man? I just live in the moment, man. I don't, I don't let myself get, get nervous. Um, you know, I've, I've been in front of crowds my whole life, I feel like, so I go out there and I just feed off the crowd. So it, for me, I thought, I think the NFL, man, just does a, a, a fantastic job of including, you know, the, the cities and the fans of the NFL around, around the country and moving this draft to different cities. And, you know, I wasn't in uh, Chicago during the draft or in Dallas, but this Nashville, um, being a part of that and, and, and seeing and feeling the energy that was there in the city, you know, I walk out there on that stage and it was just a, a sea of people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a half a mile long. And, I mean, they stayed there from all the way from the, uh, uh, from the second round through the third round. Uh, and that's a long time to sit out there and, and listen to, to draft picks. So, I thought the the NFL they they do a great job of that, and that as far as going out there, man, and uh, you know Willie, I mean anybody that's been around the Raiders organization knows that Willie is my man, you know, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I I knew that it would be important to you know go out there and 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 carry on that tradition that he's done you know for so many years and, and reminding people about Mother's Day. Um, and you know what? Most of the people on social media, they, they wouldn't let me forget it either. I got plenty of people saying, hey, man, don't forget, you know, Mother's Day, Willie Brown says it every year. So I wasn't, wasn't going to be able to forget to do that. So uh, I'm just, you know, it's all about doing your part, man, and just going out there and getting it done. All right, Wood, I call the young Derek Carr baby A-Rock. You know, and everybody saying, you know, Gruden should trade him and this and that. He ain't that type of quarterback. I always got his back. I say he's going to be special. I want you to tell the world your thoughts on Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I never thought that, you know, Derek Carr should have been in the, in the discussion of, of uh, getting rid of him or whatever whatever people were talking about. And I, and I know Gruden and those guys worked out, Kyler Murray and uh, – Dwayne Haskins and, and, and all of that stuff. But to me, you know, I believe Derek can play, you know, and, and if I look at his young career and the fact that, you know, he's already been through a couple of coordinators, he, he hasn't had, uh, you know, the steady coordinator that you would like for a young player, you know, to have a guy uh, that's going to be with you year after year. He's already had to change coordinators. Um, and now you get a Gruden coming in who's uh, definitely very taxing on quarterbacks. <laughs> I've been around Gruden when, when he when Gruden when he was with uh, Rich Gannon and 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 their relationship and how that was and it was it could, it could be uh, very tense at times. But I thought they respected each other and and Gruden was able to get out of Rich what he what he wanted and Rich was able to get out of Gruden what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think this can be this can be the same situation uh, with 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 uh, Derek Carr and having. 
um, having the same coordinator there, you know, gaining gaining that you know continuity between offensive coordinator, head coach, and quarterback. Um, and then you look at what they surrounded him with. You know, you you, you got top-notch receivers to throw to. You draft a young stud at running back who I who I love. Um, you know, you you try to solidify your offensive line to protect Derek. And as long as they do that, man, he, he's going to be fine. I, I don't I don't. Like you said, I don't I don't see um, why there's so much uh, negative uh, surrounding Derek at the quarterback position, but I think he's going to be fine. And to add to what you just said, you know, the only time Derek has actually had continuity was when he had back-to-back coordinators in 2015 and 2016. And that's when, obviously, they made the playoffs before he, you know, broke his leg. And who knows, you know, what was going to happen after that. Um, and so it was, it's going to be the second year under John Gruden. And so me and James are confident, you know, that this is the year that he'll show people that he is the franchise quarterback that, uh, you know, the Raiders are hoping for and uh, are going to actually have. But Mayock made it a point to sign high character guys during the draft. And now there's reports <laughs> that the Raiders want to sign uh. Richie Incognito. Mm. who clearly has a troubled past. I told you, you need a couple dogs on your team. Hey, you need those grimy players on your team. Let's see Wood talk, okay? okay go ahead, Wood. Go ahead. Hey, Don't it's, influence it's, him. Don't it's, influence it's, him. It's, 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 funny. it's funny you say that because uh, – uh, James, I used to tell Mike McCarthy all the time, man, you need to get a couple. You need some dogs on the roster. Man. Telling you, man. You know, we keep drafting nice guys. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't, you know, teams are going to kick the tires on you know multiple players throughout the you know this process, and you know Richie Incognito has been a good player in the NFL. I know he's had his issues, um, some locker room issues, you know, in Miami, and then uh, you know whatever he went through last year. Uh, but you know what? This this league really is about second chances, you know, for guys. And uh, I, I really don't have no problem with that. I mean, if he can come in and he can help and, um, you know, he comes in and he's a, a good teammate and, and all of those, you know, sort of cliche things, then, you know, why not? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see any issue with it. All right. We have so much more to get to with Seawood, including more Raiders talk and what he thinks about the silver and black moving to Las Vegas, plus his thoughts on the state of the Packers. Also, my favorite topic. Oh, I can't wait for this. Wine. Yes, Charles Woodson wines, to be exact. That and much more when we come back. So stay where you are. my Matthew McConaughey voice. <laughs> okay, I'm a dork. Anyways, guess what? Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Yes, so make sure you go to harrys.com backslash Blue Wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes, folks, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. And you'll probably not believe this, but you're going to get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Yeah, enough with cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Trust me, Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a very fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, so guess what they did? 
They bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. So why don't you join the 10 million who have already tried Harry's? Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Again, that's harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. So if you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. It's a win-win situation. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to redeem your razor for just $3. All right, so Charles, you were with the Raiders for what? I think it was 11 total seasons, right? Yep. And then seven seasons with the Packers? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you spent 11 seasons in Oakland. Are you sad that they're moving to Vegas? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I would have loved to see him stay in uh, Oakland, you know, because – I mean, Oakland is. I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, the Raiders in L.A. Of course, I watched them. You know, growing up when they were in L.A. But I know the Oakland Raiders. You know, and then I know the Oakland Raider fans, and I know what the Raiders mean. You know, to that community. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, well, let me say this: a part of me is sad, but then, I, but at the same time, when I look at, um, you know, what's in store, the fact that you know. You've been in that stadium. You know it was time for a new stadium. Had to get a new stadium. You know, I, and and I know guys were tired of playing on dirt for half the season. Nobody wants to play. <laughs> oh, say it baseball, again. Say it again. Time. Yeah, <laughs> you know that. You know it, James. I, I've, 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 I've left. I've, I've left a whole body worth of skin out there I'm, on that I'm dirt. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know. Hey, yeah. I used to, I used so, to tell DC, but I was only one year. But I told DC, you throw it in the ground by this dirt. It's not getting yeah. done. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. So, so yeah. So nobody wants to, you know, play on the dirt anymore. But it, it was, and it was time for the Raiders to get a new, a new stadium. And so, uh, in that respect, you know, I'm excited, you know, for the opportunity that the Raiders have for going and playing in in in, uh, in Vegas. You know, being the first, you know, um, you know, professional football team to to venture over there, man, and go over there and play in Vegas, man. I think it's going to be exciting. I think the future is. Uh, uh, definitely going to be exciting for the Raiders. Charles, okay, I know you want to talk crap about the stadium, and I completely agree because it's a dump. But I don't know if you know, but my grandfather was the head superintendent, so he basically built the Coliseum back in the 60s. Mm. So I always tell people, even though it's a dump, it's our dump. And back in the 60s, it was nice. Okay, just for the record. Well, you know, (laughs) Fallon, that's talking like somebody who's never slid on that dirt and skin came She's talking like somebody from Avengers Endgame. Um, like she can go back in time and relive it. Uh, man, that's in the 60s, man. Hey, We're talking about hey, 2019. Hey, it's rough. But anyway, yeah. anyway, so it's crazy that, you know, I played with you at the pack. Then I find myself in the Oakland Raiders locker room. I remember when I walked in, you say, Sweet James Jones done made his way down here to Oakland. Yeah, coming home, came back home. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, man, I want to talk about the packs. And we, since, you know, I spent most of my career there, you spent seven seasons there. First, I want to, man, what you think about Ted Thompson, man, getting into the Hall of Fame? Because was Ted the one who brought you there in free agency? Yes, wasn't it? Yeah, Ted was, Ted was there. Okay, when so came Ted, in. yeah, so Ted drafted me and brought you in free agency. What you think about his Hall of Fame, man? I mean, absolutely deserved, man. I'm, <clears throat> when I look at, uh, you know, and I was able to send a message, uh, a video message 
to the Packers, you know, to, to congratulate him on that. Uh, but, you know, it, exactly what I said in my message to him was that I've always been taught that the expectation is for the position. And no matter what you thought about, you know, Ted Thompson, Ted as a, as a GM, you got to make tough decisions. Now, you may agree with them, you may not agree with them, uh, but they have to make those decisions. And, of course, for me, you know, I feel like it was a great decision, you know, pull it, pulling the trigger and, and bringing me in there uh, to Green Bay. Uh, brought in a couple other guys that helped us on our run to the Super Bowl. Pickett, um, of course, you were there, you know, uh, Jennings, A-Rod. And, you know, so it, he, he made some great decisions along the way, man, that, that helped us and propelled us to get to a Super Bowl. So when, you, when, you, when you're able to do that, you know, do that with the Green Bay Packers um, and be known as a champion, you deserve to go into the, into the Green Bay Hall of Fame. So, you know, my congrats to Ted Thompson for that. Well, now his successor, Brian Gutekunst, uh, second year hmm. as GM there, and now first draft under Coach Matt LaFleur. I just want to ask you in your mind, you know, what is the state of the Packers right now, and, and did you like what they did in the draft? Well, what I, what I do like, I think the, the, the state of the Packers for me is, and we just talked about uh, Ted Thompson, the state of the Packers, to me, when I look at what they've done this offseason, man, they went out and spent some money, man, at free agency. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, oh, wow, man. I, you know, I, I, I could have used some of that, you know, them seven years I was in Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Tell me about you know? it. Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, I, 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 look at it, I look at it like this. I think when you look at Aaron Rodgers, Aaron has – uh, you know, four or five good years left in him, you know, depending on how long he wants to play. You got to start building and truly building around him, especially defensively, to where he doesn't feel like he has to carry the load offensively. Uh, so you can go into games and, and, and that defense is sometimes the one that's dominant and, and, and getting three and outs and getting the ball back in his hands and he doesn't feel like he has to go down and, you know, score late in games and always bring you back. You need those. That you need that defense around it, man. So I love the fact that they brought in free agents, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I think that I think that bodes well for the Green Bay Packers, and I, I know A Rod has to be happy about that. You know, it's crazy, Wood, because you know every time I argue with people about who the greatest quarterback is, and you know I choose Aaron Rodgers. You know, I always gotta I always gotta have my stats in hand. You know what I'm saying? So I need to know stuff <laughs> <laughs> when they start to fight, try to fight back at me. You know what I'm saying? So. It's crazy right, you say right. defense because Tom Brady, six Super Bowls, he's had a top five defense, four out of them six Super Bowls, and a top ten defense, all six. And I told him, Aaron Rodgers, top ten defense twice, 15 and one, and we won the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So put that defense I, around I see, you. I see, I see you. I see you fighting back, boy. I hey, see you. <laughs> you see? I got to have my stuff ready, Wood. I got to have my stuff. So, Charles, who is the greatest quarterback of all time? Oh, uh, now here you go. Well, he boy, can't it's say. Tom Brady. Oh, Wood. It's Tom Brady. Oh. Yeah, it's Tom Brady. I mean, it, 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 it okay, ain't no so. question. I certainly hear James's argument. When you look at what, what Tom Brady has done, to me, it's not even the fact that he, he's, he's won – Six Super Bowls. It's the fact that he's been to. Was it? Was he, he been to nine Super Bowls? It was something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's been to nine Super Bowls. You know, yeah. so so if you if you've gone to nine Super Bowls, then that means you you've been you've been in nine 
AFC championship games. And so and so he hasn't won all the AFC championship games. So I think he's been in like 13 yeah. AFC championship games. You think about his career and where he's been each and every year in his career, he's always been in contention and he's won six of them. And you think about the fact that there's, you think about, yeah, you think about there's, that, that there's, there's franchises that, that haven't even been to a Super Bowl. And this man has been to the Super Bowl nine times. I just find that man incredible. And I, I just, for me, I don't care what anybody else has done at the quarterback position. You may be more athletic. You may be faster. You may be bigger. You may be whatever you may be. This man has won the Super Bowl six times and been there nine times, man, to me. And, and, and you think about teams change every year, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you would look at, when you look at Brady, like how many receivers can you really name or do you really remember throughout the years that he's been throwing to? Of course, you're going, he's, he's had Gronk. You'll remember Gronk. And if you look at, um, you know, Randy Moss, what did, what did he do when Randy was there? Oh, he only threw for fifty touchdowns. You know what I mean? So it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he has, who he has out there on the field. He's going to get it done, and I think that says a lot about it. He makes no name receivers, great receivers. I mean, he he makes them better. That's what a great quarterback does. He makes people around him better, like a Julian Edelman. And do you and do you ever hear from those receivers when they leave the uh, leave the Patriots? No. No. <laughs> So this brings me to my next question. Oh, Lord. Because I, I argue with people about this, too. Now, do you think there's a difference between most accomplished and greatest you ever seen? Is there a difference between most accomplished and yeah. greatest? Like, like, in my opinion, uh, not, like not, when people not, say not, the greatest? Not in this sense. In this sense, it's both in one person. Because Brady's you think, the most accomplished and he's the greatest. You think Brady? You think Brady's the greatest you ever seen? He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh man, we need we need another hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need another hour. <laughs> you, can take, you can take you can take that one to the bank. We need another hour. Hey, James is the same person that said last year that the Packers are going sixteen and zero. So don't listen to anything that James says. You know, football players have amnesia. We don't remember what the last play. Yeah. I'm not going to disrespect James's bias. I'm not going to disrespect his bias. I, I believe in the little bias. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to have. I'm just saying, well, because, you know, people could come up and, you know, they could say, you know, Charles Woods is not the greatest quarterback all the time. This cornerback got more picks. This cornerback got more tackles. You know what I'm saying? And, and right, this and right. that. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm saying I feel like Tom Brady is the most accomplished, but I don't feel like he's the greatest we've ever seen. That's that's just how I feel. We can all agree to disagree. I, it's fine. I, 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 but, 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 I, and, and so and so where and so where would you where would you diminish his greatness at? Would it be his throwing ability? Would it be because he can't move? Um, all, where, all, where, all, where would, where all, would you all that's in there? All that's in there. Like like when I watch Aaron Rodgers. And I watch Tom Brady, you know, when you watch when you watch 12, it's like when you watch Aaron, it's like, oh, my goodness, that is unbelievable. 
You know what I'm saying? Like this dude is ridiculous. I feel like when I watch Tom, I don't say those things like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Like what he just did. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like most accomplished what he's done in his career, winning six Super Bowls, going to nine of them. Yes. But greatest I've ever seen on the football field at the quarterback position, just the throws he makes the, you know, whether it's using his legs, whatever, whether it's standing in the pocket, slanging it out the pocket. He's not, in my opinion, he's not the greatest I've ever seen. Just like Emmitt Smith has rushed, got the most rushing yards, but I will never put him over Barry Sanders. I might not never put him over Marshall Falk and them boys because I don't think he's the greatest I've ever seen. But accomplished, yes. I think you're on crack. Well, I think I think when you I think when you I think your I think your comparison of uh, Brady and Rogers to me is it, it, like what you look for in your quarterback as you as you have uh, you need that. That that uh, you need the dramatics of the position. You you need to see him ducking under guys, getting out of pocket, throwing on the run. But but what if I can maneuver in the pocket and do the same thing? Mm. It doesn't have the flashiness of an A rod, but I'm still getting the same thing accomplished without having to do that. And I can just do it within the pocket. May not be as mobile, right? So I, I think when when people look at the two, when, when they compare the two side by side. The reason why they uh, someone would lean towards Aaron Rodgers, like listen to your your uh, your argument, is because you're looking for the flashiness of the position. Yeah. To me, I compare it to like watching the Super Bowl last year and people saying, "Oh man, this was the worst Super Bowl ever. This is the most boring Super Bowl. The score was 13 and three, but I could see the beauty in the 13 and the 13 to three. <laughs> I could I could see the beauty in the defense. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I really, I really appreciated what I saw in that in that football game from a defensive standpoint. Like I could appreciate that. No, it wasn't thirty-five to thirty. You know, it wasn't. You know, Mahomes throwing all over the field, and, and, and you know what you saw during the regular season with golf and all that. No, no, no. This was two defenses well prepared, and you saw the defenses step up and just stymie each offense and not let them get into the end zone, uh, not letting them get into field goal position. And I thought to me, man, that was the best thing I could have saw <laughs> for a game that had uh, veered towards all offense. So I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. So that when I watch Tom Brady, I don't need Tom Brady to run outside the pocket. Yeah. I know what he's going to do each and every game, and he's going to slice people up. And he's going to, they're going to adjust when they need to adjust. And he's going to figure out the weakness in your defense. And every, every game, guess what he's going to end up? Like 30, 35 points. You'll be like, man, where did it come from? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what, that's why I lean, that's why I lean towards Brady. I always make a, a basketball kind of comparison when it comes to that. Like Steve Nash. Obviously, he's one of the greatest point guards to ever play, but he was fundamentally sound. He was not flashy. You compare him to like an AI or even like a Steph Curry who's flashy and does things that wow you. You know what I'm saying? But Steve Nash was one of the best point guards, in my opinion, of all time. But he, he wasn't fun. I know I know you're not saying you're taking Steve Nash over those two guys you just oh, named. But I'm not. But <laughs> okay. hey, hey, hey. <laughs>
No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, excuse AI me. AI is my favorite player of all time, so I'm always going to go for that flashiness in him, the pound-for-pound pound point guard, whatever. Screw you guys for hating on me. <laughs> but we're going to move on. We're going to move on because I want to talk about, before we get going, because James actually has to leave in 10 minutes, and we are totally over time, as what I told you before. Sorry, I said it would only be 30. But, you know, you see what? We got a lot of things to talk about. He's going to send you a bill. Yeah, he's going to send me a bill. Don't send me an invoice. <laughs> I can't afford it right yeah, now. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but uh, I love wine, okay? Charles, yeah, I think I like wine a little too much. Not gonna lie, <laughs> Al- <laughs> probably have a glass of wine like you know once a day. That, that ain't bad. LeBron James has a glass of wine every day. It's cool with dinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love me a good cab, and I heard that Charles Woodson Wines has a pretty good cabernet. Absolutely, yeah, we we do, man. And uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been in uh, you know the, the wine game for some years now, and uh, you know, we make a cab. Um, you know, grapes coming out of Napa Valley, and uh, it, I think you know this is this is me being biased again. You know, <laughs> I, I've drink I've drank a lot of a lot of wine in my time, but I don't think you you'll find another cab. You know, I, I uh, meet people all the time who um, you know who, who've tried my wine, and and you know they always tell me, man, oh man, much much respect. You know, I I I drink a lot of wine, and I love your cab, so. I mean, I'm certainly, certainly proud of that. And uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. How did you become a wine connoisseur and how did Charles Woodson Wines begin? Napa Valley. You know, that training camp is right there in the heart of Napa Valley. You know, each and every year, you know, we were staying at the Napa Valley Marriott. And, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, kind of venture out uh, venture out about in, in Napa Valley and go to different restaurants. Um, you know, each each time at lunch or dinner, I tried to you know, go to, you know, Rutherford's Grill or, or, uh, Bricks, um, uh, so many other restaurants I went to. And, 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 and during that time, you know, I was watching people, uh, you know, drink wine, you know, at, at, at lunch, dinner all the time. And, you know, I just kind of, you know, got intrigued by it. I started drinking wine and, you know, decided, man, I should, uh, you know, I would like to put my name on a bottle of wine. And that's, that's kind of how it came about. Has business been good? It's rough. I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody, anybody, anybody wants to get in that business, talk to me. I'll tell you all about it. Hey, basically, <laughs> I shouldn't be like, oh, hey, Charles, I'm still waiting for my bottle. I can, can I get a homie discount at least? You're like, nah, you paying full price. Yeah, we ain't giving out no dis. We ain't giving giving out no discount. <laughs> he just said it's rough, and he keeping it three hundred with yeah. you. No, no, you got. <laughs> yeah, keep it three. <laughs> So here's the thing that I want to ask, since you are a wine connoisseur, because I always make fun of people who are like wine snobs, etc. because I don't know much about wine. I just know I like what I like. And, you know, I like a, a bold Cabernet, right, with a long finish. I really don't even know what the hell that means, okay? So I'm on your website what right I, now. What I- what, Go ahead. You know, what I was gonna I was gonna say is that's the that's the mistake that most people make as it regards to wine is that they try to they try to speak wine speak. You know, you know, I like the big bowl, I like the long finish, but your first statement is where you should always be at. You like what you like. Okay. You know, you'll meet a lot of people who you'll you'll meet a lot of people and they say, Hey, I got a great you know, I got a great wine, you should you should try. Maybe it it could be Cabernet, Merlot Chardonnay, Syrah, whatever it may be, um, and what will, what will end up happening is that you will end up agreeing with them, even if you don't really like the wine, because you don't ever want to make anybody feel uncomfortable about what mm. they 
offered you. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And I'm sure you've been there. You've been there. People say, oh, man, I got a great one. Try this one. And you taste it. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, this is nice. And then you, you get in the car. You'd be like, that was the worst. That was the worst <laughs> wine I ever had in my life, you know? Yeah. So yes. it's all about it's all about you. It's all about your taste and, and what you like. And, and that's what you should always go with. Well, it's actually funny because, okay, so one of my, not to name drop, I'm just using this as an example because you did mention it, but my best friend is married to PJ Tucker, you know, the power forward on, on the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm with them and we go to dinner, he has become this wine snob. Okay, complete wine snob. And he'll do the whole, you know, put it in your mouth, swirl it around, do some weird tongue thingy-majigger. I don't know. I clown him every single time he does it. He, like, he like thinks I'm just, like, ghetto, basically. He's like, hey, you don't know nothing about wine, whatever. And he'll pay, like, $600 <laughs> or $1,500 for one bottle of wine. And he goes, trust me, Fallon, just taste it. And I taste it, and I'm like, man, I like my 15 bottle of wine way better than your little $1,500 <laughs> bottle of wine. I don't know what you're talking about. A lot of people put the value on the price. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like you know, you go into the store and and you go into a clothing store and in one one shop you can get a shirt that costs fifteen dollars and you can go to another shop with the same material and it's gonna cost you three thousand dollars and you say, oh man, this is three thousand dollars because it has a certain name on it, so you'll spend the three thousand dollars whether whether to spend the fifteen dollars on something that's basically the same thing. That's just the way wine is. You know, most people will put value on, hey, um, I need to be in a hundred dollar section or whatever, but. Again, at the st- it's really going to come down to what you like. So you may pay $600 for a wine, and you might not like it at all. And then you can go to your neighbor, your, your, your neighborhood store and, and go off the rack and pick something you've been drinking for the last five years that's going to cost you 20 bucks. And you're going to be even happier with that because it didn't cost you $600. Hey, amen to that. Okay, and I just want to, real quick, James is killing me. He's like, yo, I got to go. No, you have five more minutes, James. Okay. Got to ride. James, you ain't got nowhere to go. Yeah, man. you ain't got nowhere I, no- got bi- I got business deals to close. You ain't got nothing. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I can dig that. I can dig that. <laughs> All right, one more question, Fallon. We got to get my man to his business. Man. No, we have we have actually two more because one's a wine one, and then I want to ask you what's next. James could do that, but Thanks, so just two for you. Huh? What if I have one? <laughs> well, you, you, you could, uh, <laughs> hold on, I really have a wine one because I'm on your website, and I just thought this would be fun to to ask. Okay, so your 2012 cab it's sold out right now. Okay, which means I thought you know business was good. I don't know. Kudos to you, but um, and under the description it says. Slow to unravel, but rewards as it does, going from very tight and focused to a wider expanse of flavor and depth without losing the core structure. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? Man, that, that, was, that was a that lot. Means, that that means lot buy, that means that means buy the bottle and check it out. That's what that, that means. Hey, that hey, James <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> You know, that's exactly that's exactly what it means. <laughs> Go get some. Do you even know what that means, Charles? I know what it I know what it means, but like I said, it's it's, it's wine speak. I, I can't speak to wine speak. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard <laughs> for me to do it. So that's so my my uh, uh, my winemaker, you know, who puts that together. That those 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 type of people are, are the ones who can put that together and really define what that means. You, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For me. I know I love it, and I think you would love it, and I won't know until you try it. Okay. All right, well, I got I got one because, you know, Fallon won't keep talking. She's going to take the whole dang show. <laughs> okay, but uh, <laughs> what's next for you, brother? You know what I mean? I see ESPN. You know, you've gone from there. What What's next? 
in the next chapter of life for my dog. See what? What's going on, man? What you got in the works? I don't know, man. I, I you know I plan on being on the television again next year. You know what I mean? I I, I like what I do. You know, I'm not uh you know going back to my previous network. So, you know, I plan on being on the tube again, man. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens here. You know, in the next you know few weeks to a month, and see what happens. But uh, you know, that that's what it is. Other than that, man, it's it's it's. You know, family and kids, man. I'm around here helping out with the basketball team. You know, my kids in soccer and, and all that good stuff, man. So that's that's what it is right now, man. All right, man. Well, hopefully I can see you at the network when I pull up in there. Hopefully they say, see Wood, see Wood Locker right here. You know what I'm saying? When I pull up at the NFL <laughs> yeah. network, man. <laughs> just, just, just like old, just like old times, just, just like, like old, old times, times man. <laughs> That'd be crazy. You were always suited and booted uh, on ESPN. I loved your ascots. Oh, uh, that you. was your little signature. Thank you. What What did you learn though from being, you know, on the dark side, on on that side, the media? Did you grow a, a new appreciation for what we do? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, and, I, and I think I've always had an appreciation for it, but I, I think the difference is. You know, you spent, oh, I've spent, you know, my entire life being in the arena, you know, being being the gladiator and, you know, hearing people talk at you or about you, you know, and now you find yourself on the other side and now you're talking at or about people who have done the same thing uh, that you've done. And I, and I think it could be really easy, you know, to be on that other side and to, you know, speak as if you weren't on the other side. So, yeah. I, you know, I try to be very respectful respectable to you know the craft that, that I played for so long and to the guys that played it um, so I think to, for me that's like the most interesting you know dynamic of the whole thing is actually you know being on the outside of something that you spent your whole life doing and, and having to critique it and critique the people who play it um, and I, I just think you know a lot of times it's a fine line between you know <clears throat> having constructive criticism and, and just being somebody who act like they never done it before. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. James said the same thing, right, James? It's hard to talk about your former teammates, especially when you're on the network. Oh, definitely. No, no doubt about it, man. You want to say, man, dang, come on, Devonta, you got to catch that. But hey, he'll catch the next one because he's the best wide receiver in the league. It's hard. <laughs> right. You it's hard. Just it up real quick. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get on him. But anyway, man, speaking of that, man, I just want to actually play corner. Your opinion. Best DB in the game right now. Ooh. I think if I'm taking one right now, man, I'm going to take uh, I'm taking Patrick Peterson. I like him right now. I, I like I like yeah I like I like Patrick's game, and I think he's grown, you know, into being you know the best corner in the game. And I think if you if you watch him play, you know, this, you know this past year they kind of switched up, you know, the coverages a little bit, played a little bit more zone. But he is a guy that, you know, for years, man, it, it wasn't no help out there, man. They put him on that corner, man. And you say, you got this guy, man, and you run around with him and you go wherever he goes. And he's held his own, you know, year after year. Um, and, and I always tell people, man, it, it's a different beast out there playing at the corner uh, when you have to follow a guy and run around with the guy everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like if you're playing the zone, you're playing cover three and, you know, you got deep third, and if that guy runs across or across the field, you don't have him. That ain't no pressure. The pressure <laughs> comes when they say, hey, man, you got this guy, and if he runs all the way to the other half, then run back to the other half, <laughs> he's your guy? <laughs> that's, a, that's a different yeah. pressure for the position, and, and, and Patrick has done that um, at a high level, man, for, for some time now. So I would go, Pat. Okay. 
All right, final question. I done had a final question. Three questions straight. You know, you know, know. what I'm saying? That's her. Yeah, hold on. Now, this is That's about two questions. Because what? <laughs> Why do you and Jay's got to hate on me? Like, I'm good peoples right here. It's All two y'all o'clock. have done the last 50 minutes is hate on Fallon. She, me- she messing with my business we, we, deal. We, we hate we, we hate, we hate, because you brought that Steve Nash up. You know what I'm saying? We still, okay. we still ain't got over that. I about that one. Uh, oh. I was just trying to <laughs> compare. And, I was trying to do my little hoop. Cra- I'm a hooper. The crazy okay? thing about it. That's all. I was about to say, would she played hoop too? I know. I was just talking about how Tom Brady is fundamentally sound and Aaron Rodgers will wow you. But don't, anyways, don't, back yeah, to my yeah, original. Don't, don't try to back that up. Go, man, go to the question. Man, I'm going to delete, <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit all that stuff out. So I won't, I'm just kidding. I don't care what people think. But anyways, last thing. I always thought, though, that you would be after you play, yes, you would do your TV thing. But then eventually move into like a front office position with – the National Football League, a team, Packers, Raiders, one of them teams that you play yeah. for. Rudy <laughs> <laughs> said everybody got to go, so I'll, <laughs> I'll just play. I'm not saying a scout, but, but, but have you thought about that at all, working for a team in the front office? Uh, you know, what was, was, was interesting is that after the uh, first pick that uh, the Raiders uh, took I tweeted out I was like man uh, you know was was Cleveland you know first on anybody's draft as far as Russians were concerned and then I said man I would I would love to actually be you know in the draft room when they're making you know the decisions on which guy to go to and you know putting the board together so um you know I try to never say never but I just thought that was I think that's an intriguing process to go through that because there's so many things that could um change throughout the course of the draft you may have your eye on somebody um, and then they get taken, and then you got to have somebody to, you know, fill in that position. And you got, you know, uh, what is it, ten or so minutes to make that decision uh, for for the next guy, you know, in the first round. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it, you know there's uh, there's an intrigue there. You know, uh, will it happen? I don't know, but who knows? Well, we will see. And if you ever do get hired in a front office position, whatever it is, especially if it's a GM position, <laughs> you know, your girl Fallon and uh, James, you know, you can hire us as uh, some help <laughs> in some capacity. I'll be, I don't know, your PR person. I'm just kidding. Let me, let me, let me, let me think. I'm going to sleep on that. You going to sleep on it? Okay. There you go. So this was the hate <laughs> on Fallon. If we keep it at 300, the hate on Fallon podcast. I thought we was cool, uh, Seawood. And James, oh, I'm going to get you after this. Let me tell you. I'm going to get you. But thank you so much. See, what? seriously, people are going to love this. You were honest, as always, and you gave us some some good stuff. And now James is yelling at me because he has to go. I don't rock. I've been to deals. Oh, good, man. Go make your your deals, old boy. Hey, good to talk to you, though, man. Yes, sir. Yep, for sure. Good luck with everything. All right. Yeah, thank you. I got to buy some wine, too. It's it's decently priced. That $50 one. I got you. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. We obviously had a great time, even though those boys roasted me. That's not cool. Anyways, uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Until next week, for James, I'm Fallon. We out.